We are back in action with the County 10 podcast with Wyoming Game and Fish. I'm Shireen Herrera, Renee Shell in the house. Hey, Shireen. Glad to be here today. It's been a little little while since we've caught up. I know. I'm so excited. I told her I'm glad to have her back on Wyoming Game and Fish, giving us so much uh, knowledge and information. And we do a lot of podcasts. You can find them all the time, county10.com. Just search Wyoming Game and Fish, or you can click on podcasts and find them there. We've got a few different topics we're going to cover um, in our podcast this week, so make sure you check those out. But first, we got to talk about the season setting meetings and what they're all about. They can get a little confusing, Renee. So can you kind of explain how those work and how people can submit comments? Yeah, absolutely. So every March around the state, we have our season setting meetings. But I want to, and I'll tell you when those are coming up, but I want to back up and let folks know how we get to this point and maybe when when is the best time to engage with us if and comment on seasons and, and that sort of thing. So let's go all the way back to last summer. That's really when it starts. If we think about a biological year for an animal, let's think about when they're born, right? So let's go to June. In June, um, every year our biologists start working, whether it's our big game biologists or our habitat biologists, they are on the ground. They're looking at what what kind of production year it is, right? Not just for the animals, like not just counting, oh, there's about two fawns for every doe or three sometimes, especially with the antelope. Um, But they're also looking at the habitat, thinking about the moisture in the spring, looking at the range condition, and then even examining body condition throughout the summer and kind of into beginning of fall, what condition are animals going into the fall in? So all that's happening. And then in the fall... We are engaging with hundreds and thousands of hunters, and those are the (laughs) check stations where we see you, right? That is, I'm just going to say, probably the most influential time to lend your voice to us. Again, I know we have these meetings coming up in March, and we'll talk about those, but knowing what's happening on the ground, when you stop at a check station and you tell us, or you take the time to come into the office or make a phone call and say, this is what I'm seeing, we we rely on the folks in the field to be the eyes, right? So how many bucks are you seeing? Are you seeing a lot of does? And even things, you know, sometimes we're also concerned when we manage seasons about hunter crowding. So if things are too crowded, like we need to know that too. And maybe we need to cut back. Yeah, speak up. Definitely. Yeah. So what kind of hunt do you want? What experience do you want? And are you getting that? And then satisfaction. So we're also finding out, of course, we get the formal surveys get sent out and we use those too. But also, yeah, good. Lots of emails. I loved it. Yes. And so also word of mouth, like success. What does success seem like this year? Um, So we're, we're taking all that in. Then we're doing flights. Um, every year we do flights, pre-season flights on our antelope, and then kind of post-season on our deer and elk. And we wait on those until they're in the rut. They're easier to see. And then with the snowpack, they're sometimes just easier to count. So what we're looking at with those flights are mature bucks, counting those, counting the does, and counting the fawns. And we get ratios like how many does per or how many fawns per hundred does and that really gives us a trajectory of the population so we kind of know what that number should be somewhere in the 60s if we want it the population to be headed up there's a lot that goes into this there's a ton that goes into it so those are one set of flights so then we take those uh, forms that we get back that you guys hopefully yep. fill yep. out yes, right yes that if you got us. that email I hope you did that's right so we look at your success right how many hunt days it took you all those things we look at uh, the population data we got we put that into our models and then we look at what kind of winter it is so all the while while all this is happening we're evaluating what kind of winter are we in the middle of we know in Fremont County and we've talked about on here before oh boy. it's not a great winter no so 
right now, and even actually before right now, we're having to come up with, so maybe let's say in December, what kind of season we want for next fall. It's still early winter, Shireen, right? right? So at that point, when we're coming up with those adjustments, we still have a lot of winter to go. So know that. So sometimes when you get to next fall and you say, ah, they didn't why didn't they adjust the tags? It's because we had to make that decision back in that November. And sometimes this year, I do feel like, you know, we can kind of see it may be a bad, it may be a bad winter. If this right. continues on, which I think it's supposed the to. The gripping cold. The cold it's tough and on the everybody. snow. Mm-hmm. Right. So this year, we're, we have also done a sightability survey. So every few years, and this is only on mule deer. So the commission several years ago gave us extra money to do these sightability surveys, surveys on mule deer. And that is where we fly and literally count every single deer we can in a herd unit. We're trying to get to like counting 100% of the, the deer. The most accurate number. The most accurate number. And we're also looking at what sort of, this is done more in January, February. So we're looking at what winter range they're on, making sure that matches up with the winter range that we have designated for them. And then looking at what kind of cover they're using, all those things. And we then compare that back with that population model. So if our population model said we had a thousand deer, is that what we, did we count close to that? Or were we way off? Did we count 2000? Whoa, something's wrong with our population model, right? Usually they match up. How long does it take for a season to change? Because you talked about the, the progress really in the summer and the fall is when we can lend our voice yeah. as, you know, hunters or, or even anglers. Uh, how how did how long does that process take for the season if it does change to change? Right. So you can lend your voice anytime, right? But I will, like we talked about, the fall is kind of the best. We have the most mobility at that point if we really are seeing some drastic changes. So I'll talk you through what's coming up and then we'll talk about kind of how that thing, where things might change. So right now, draft regulations are online. In mid-March, those get finalized as draft and updated at a supervisor's meeting we have in mid-March. So the kind of final drafts. And so what's on there now, there may be still a few tweaks to that, but you can look now. I believe you have until the end of um, March. I'm just looking here at my notes. The end of March to make formal public comments online. The second half of March, we have public meetings around the state. So this is where you can come and we're telling, at that point, we're saying this is what we've decided for the seasons. In the past, people used to be frustrated and say, why are you only engaging us after you've already decided what the seasons are, right? So that's why I'm telling you. <laughs> kind of happens before. <laughs> right. You can reach out before too. It's not to say that, let's say we went out, Shireen, and we said, hey, we're proposing to increase buck licenses in 157 which I think is coming up, right? Because we want, that's that high chronic wasting disease area. We need more bucks taken. Right. Those older bucks are the carriers that are passing that often, right? So let's say we propose that and the public in March, and, and that's in our draft. It's kind of what it's what's there. And the public is like, no way, absolutely not. And they have all these kind of valid points. We can still shift at that point and change things. It's that's a li- nice to know. Yeah. It's a little harder. Not set in stone. No, and it takes a little bit more, some valid reason. Or if all of a sudden, you know, mid-March, we've had so much more winter, and it's like, whoa, we didn't anticipate this back in December. We need to shift again. So it, it is doable. So then kind of what happens is, I think uh, comments are due by the end of March, and folks can mail them in, or there's a place online now to leave those comments. Also, mid-March, you will see, we've done been doing this the last few years, PowerPoints that are talked through, so you have voiceover PowerPoints from our biologists. 
gorgeous. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm an idiot. So I, I utilize that. You last can really year. geek out on that. I have to say, like, if you're really into yeah. it's great information, you can put it on too while you're driving or whatnot, Good which point. I really love. So you can really listen and, mm-hmm. you know, people take in information in all different ways. So you can listen and then kind of leave more informed comments there. We heard years ago from folks when we did surveys on like, why aren't people coming to our public meetings? People were like, we don't want to go to meetings. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It's hard. We really just want you to engage with us in whatever way works for you. So that's the end of March to do those comments. And then in April, all these go to the commission. Right. So in April, the commission finalizes those. They get they go out. They eventually get signed by the governor at some point. All of this to say that then in kind of early May, you're seeing the final, final, final (laughs) of what the seasons are. And then, you know, your elk, deer and antelope applications are due at the end of May. So we're we're always kind of up against that timeline. Yeah. On the crunch. Right. Otherwise, I have to say, like, if we weren't up against that timeline, we might we might push it out a little bit further to make, you know, kind of more nimble management decisions. But if something happened, we can always change things with like an emergency order, which is rare, but it can, it can happen too. And, and really, Renee is, you know, really kind of back to that time where we are out in the field and that's fall and we go to those check stations voicing, like just talking. They're taking what you're they're just a normal conversation they're having, maybe with somebody they know, you know, maybe one of the wardens, but they're taking that information you're telling them and they're taking that to some of the seasons setting uh, details, correct? Yeah, so we meet as a region, the Lander region, wildlife team, so biologists, wardens, habitat biologists, myself, we meet and we say, this is what we heard. And this is why, you know, and then this is the biological data. And this is why we're proposing this change or we're propo- you know can keep it the same something like that it's amazing what goes into this and uh, so much knowledge too with everything you broke down or the flights as well but really again it comes down to us uh, we have to make our voices heard the best time is the fall don't do it last minute in march and if you do have some valid reasons for right. it or just engage period uh, if we don't keep this engagement i know life is busy i don't want to go to meetings either renee no yeah. offense no no i don't either <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. And, you know, I, I keep wanting to remind folks, and I think most people do remember this, but it's your wildlife, yeah. right? Like we're try- we're managing it for you, trying to do the best that we can. So just don't forget, it's, it's your wildlife. So your opinion absolutely matters. All this to say, I'm not saying don't come to the March meetings. The March meetings are amazing opportunities. You'll hear them give their PowerPoint presentation in person, and then they're there to ask those burning questions like, okay, guys, really, what is the long-term plan? for this herd with this high CWD, right? Like those are where you can kind of get a little bit more like nitty gritty details to engage one-on-one with our folks. So still come. Let me tell let me tell everybody the dates. Yay. So March 16th, um, all these are at 6 p.m. March 16th in Riverton at the library and in Rollins at the Jeffrey Community Center. March 21st in Dubois and then Lander at the Game and Fish office on March 23rd. So in Lander, every presentation from around the region is given. So you'll hear the Rollins, the Riverton, the Dubois. If you are really like, oh, I'm really only interested in what's going on in Dubois, then you should think about going up to that meeting or coming to the lander meeting. So think about kind of where you hunt and then because those are the managers that will be at those meetings. I have so many friends that hunt in the Dubois area so I would imagine they would want to go to the lander Lander or the Dubois one Yeah, they can. So well you can make the meetings like Renee said but you can also get the information if you if those dates don't you know I know spring break is going on for some right then when it starts so if for some reason you can't make it they'll have information online they have the PowerPoints all the details are they're very transparent 
that's what I love about Wyoming Game yes. and Fish. It's there somewhere on their website because they have a lot. Yeah, or call the biologist or warden too, right? Especially if you watch the PowerPoints and you still have some questions, feel free to call before you send your comments in. Well, I love that Wyomingites seem to be getting more involved. So don't miss the season setting meetings, which will start in March. They'll have them in Riverton, Lander, Dubois, Rollins. You can find out more and find out if one of them can fit your schedule. If it can't, still be involved in one way or another. Renee, there's so much that goes on to it. I'm so glad you're here. I mean, I learned so much from this and I really enjoyed the breakdown of the numbers how the process works. And I think so many folks, including myself, have no idea how, you know, really that this starts pretty much a year in advance from when it's set. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. All right, Renee, we'll get back for our next topic, which will be about early access in the podcast coming soon.